welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast, where it's always knitting and running in 30 minutes or less. You can find me as Windswept Monique on Ravelry and Instagram, or as Windswept Knits on Facebook and Twitter. Show notes can be found at my website at windswepknits.com. Hello and welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast. This is episode 59. Well, hello, it is nice to be back. Uh, Yes, I am still alive. (laughs) Uh, Sorry for the unexpected hiatus. I think it's been almost a month now. My household has been incredibly ill since Christmas. Nothing specifically was very serious, but we've had at least one person in our house sick since Christmas. Uh, No, I'm not speaking hyperbolically or that's not hyperbole, I should say. Uh, No, that's actually literally we've had at least one person sick every single day since Christmas. It's been a long winter. (laughs) So, and unfortunately, that counted me over the last four weeks. I have had two viruses and a strep throat. Fun times! Thanks, kids! (laughs) You know, there's been a few times I've felt like I've been in the middle of a Monty Python and the Holy Grail sketch, you know? I'm not dead yet! And uh, if your brain automatically answered, you will be soon, then you are definitely one of my people. Thank you. Long live Monty Python. So, no, I have not pod-faded. I'm back. I am still have a slight cough. I'm going to try to edit them all out. I uh, apologize in advance if I miss one or two. Definitely getting better, um, as they say elsewhere in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's just a flesh wound. But, yes, I am, I am on the road to healthiness. Knock on wood. I hope we can finally cross the, uh, the threshold and we're, we're getting healthy again. It is our... Um, winter break here up in New England. We have winter break in February, and we also have a spring break over in April. I know a lot of the rest of our country doesn't do that, and other places like in Canada, I think you guys have like a week or two off in March. Um, We need the break in February. Um, We are just, everybody is so sick right now. It's just an opportunity to get the kids out of school, separate them, you know, stop the spread of germs, bleach the classrooms, and then come back and then you know, get through the next you know, six, eight weeks to April, and hopefully everybody is on the mend and feeling a bit healthier by then. That segments this week will include uh, the Be a Helper Cal. I do want to discuss the topic racism in knitting, as it's been quite um, talked about a lot the past month since I last recorded. FOs, whips, and on the run. Here we go. So the Be a Helper Cal, because I have been so sick... I have extended the dates on that to the end of February, so you still have plenty of time to go ahead and get your whips in. If you're working on preemie hats or knitted knockers, if you knit um, a blanket for the homeless or for refugees through your local LYS, you know, anything. Anything you make for any charity does not have to be a Ravelry craft, or if you donate blood, that qualifies. So go ahead and get your FOs posted. You've got eight days from the day I'm recording this on February February 20th, and you have to February 28th. So I do want to address the ongoing discussion that's been happening a lot on Instagram and also on Ravelry about racism in knitting. And, you know, well, it's, it's a bit of a no-brainer. There's racism in real life. So, of course, there's racism in every subgroup, subgroup and that includes knitting. And I'm really sorry that that's true, you know, it's, but it's a, it's a fact. I know a lot of, I've seen a lot of folks recently try to stick their head in the sand and say, this is ridiculous, you know, just go back to the way it was. All I want to see is knitting. 
that when you have fellow knitters being treated really poorly by others in our community, you know, that's something we need to address. I posted about this, uh, God, it was probably a month ago now when, when all this first started coming out about, you know, taking a look at, at myself and saying, yep, uh, now it's, it's time to sit and listen to what these folks need to tell us because we need to hear it and it's time for us to learn. And I have been trying to work on my own, um, internalized systemic racism. You know, I thought I was a fairly woke person, but it turns out I've got a bit of work to do and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm, you know, I don't want to say I'm happy because, you know, it's kind of depressing to realize where your own inner faults are, especially if you thought you've, you, you know, you'd gotten past them, but I'm glad it's been brought to my attention and I'm hoping that I can become a better person out of this. And I think that's really what we're all looking for is to all be better people, right? I mean, that's the golden rule that goes across all major faiths, even atheists, you know, you do unto others, treat people with kindness. And I want to say here, I know I, I say it on the, um, the Ravelry group, but I think I've mentioned it in the past on this podcast, but you are welcome here. Whatever color your skin, whatever religion you practice, whatever your country of origin, whomever you love, whatever faith you currently practice, whether you're an immigrant, whether you've lived in this country since the time of the Mayflower, you are welcome here. Gay, straight, bi, transgendered, you are welcome here. If you are kind to other people, you are welcome here. I just want to put that out into the world. You are welcome. So on to FOs. So I have not as much done as I, you know, really would like to over four weeks, but given how sick I've been, I suppose I should be happy to have any FOs. I have finished three preemie hats. Um, I did two from Cece Almond's free pattern on Ravelry, her top-down preemie hat pattern. I also knit one from Sarah Jordan's Itty Bitty Kitty pattern. And I am collecting all these. Uh, I sometimes give preemie hats to local NICUs. We have a bunch up here in the New England area. But this time I'm saving them because I am going to the Into the Wool Fiber Retreat in September in Tennessee. And Dana of the Unwind Yarn Company, she you know, um, runs the Into the Wool show, uh, along with Tiffany, and they are collecting preemie hats for the local NICU, and they're hoping this year to connect, to collect enough to actually fund is the wrong word, but supply the NICU for an entire year. So I know I'm, I made, I make NICU hats on the side here and there throughout the year. This year I'm planning to doing a bit more. I also finished a sample for a new pattern of mine, a sleeveless top, and I think I currently have it in sizes um, a 34-inch to a 52-inch bust, and that is currently at the Tech Editor. Uh, that is worked up in um, a DK yarn, but a really light, breathable summer DK yarn, um, so it knits up super fast, and that will be available for a test knitter soon, and there'll be more details and pictures. That's actually my project after I finish this, is I get to go take some pretty pictures. Whips. So I've got two more preemie hats on the needles. I have... Hi, sorry, there's that was my cat making her presence known. I have one from each pattern I mentioned earlier currently on the needles. And um, actually my goal with this is I bought yarn years and years and years ago. Uh, the first time I ever found a non-wool sock yarn. Um, I didn't try it out first. I didn't buy one skein and see what it was like. I just went ahead and I think I bought six skeins. Well, it turns out it actually makes pretty horrible socks. Um, 
Uh, the yarn itself has no stretch, so trying to make anything that requires negative ease just does not work with this yarn. But um, it makes really great hats, because by the time you get up to, you know, 80 stitches or more, um, you know, the, the fabric has stretched to it, even though the individual stitches don't. So it makes great hats. You know, I made, made a couple hats at it in the past. So um, my goal is to take the remainder of all the yarn I have in this yarn. Um, I'm not going to name and shame it because it's really, it's not a bad yarn. It's just not good for socks. Um, but I'm going to take the rest of these yarn as much as I can and make as much of it up into preemie hats as I can before I head you into the wool in September. So I've got six skeins of, I think I think the full skein is 440 yards-ish, give or take. Uh, some of them are full, some of them are partials. So I'm making some of the Itty Bitty Kitty hats with um, held single. And then I'm making the uh, CC Almond top-down preemie hat using the yarn held double. So it's closer to like a DK or a worsted because this is it's kind of a heavy fingering weight. Um, so I am a, you'll be hearing a lot about preemie hats for the next couple months. So I have been working on my changing staircases shawl using the yarn that I bought at Rhinebeck. It's getting closer and closer to being complete, but I still have a good size ball of yarn left, but I'm getting through it. I am working on new socks for me, and these are my regular 52-stitch sock recipe that I use with the Fish Lips Kiss Heel. And I am making these in um, a skein of <clears throat> Kobasi by Haiku, and that is uh, distributed by Skasel, I think. And it is a um, cotton, nylon, silk, bamboo blend that has a really great stretch to it and makes actually great socks. Um, they breathe beautifully in your feet. So I am making, I'm using a sort of a sky blue colorway for the body of the sock, and I have some leftover of a gray multicolor that I'm using for uh, toes, heels, and cuffs. And lastly, I am working on another uh, new pattern. I can't tell you much about it, but it's a shawl pattern, and I have not released a shawl pattern ooh, four, five, six years? It's been a long time. Um, I didn't honestly didn't get the whole shawl thing for a while, um, and then I learned how to wear a shawl, and I'm one of those people who is always cold. So now, I don't think a day has gone by yet this year that I haven't had a shawl around my neck, because I'm always cold, so I get it. I don't know why I didn't get it before, probably because I couldn't figure out how to wear them in an attractive manner, and I felt like a little the, the stereotypical little old lady. Well, yeah, you don't have to be. You can wear a shawl and still look amazing at any age. I know that now, so I admit I was wrong. I totally was wrong. Shawls are awesome. Currently wearing my changing staircases shawl from earlier, and earlier this morning when my hair was drying, I had my Tanhouse Brook shawl, so I'm already on two shawls for today, so I admit it. Shawls are awesome. I was wrong. I love shawls. So I am working on a new shawl pattern. Uh, I actually have two in the mix, but I'm working on one sample right now. I can't tell you much about it, but it will be coming out later this year, so uh, keep an eye on it. It is actually a shawl inspired by the musical Rent. Actually, I've got um, two shawls coming out inspired by the musical Rent later this year, so uh, if you like music, if you like maybe a little pop of color or something, keep an eye out, and I will show you what I have. On the run, well, I haven't done much running in the past month because, well, I have had two viruses and a case of strep throat. But I've been doing some walking, and I've been doing a little bit of swimming. So my record in the pool, I think I did this before I got sick, but I'm not positive. My record in the pool is a half-mile swim. Wasn't pretty. Had to stop a bit, but I did it. 
Um, so, but after being really sick, I dropped back down to uh, a quarter mile. Uh, so I've done that a couple of times. Yesterday I swam about a third of a mile. And then today I did another quarter mile. So this, I think this is my first or second time doing back-to-back -back swims. I'm tired. I ache a bit now. Um, I should add, after my quarter mile swim, sorry, my third of a mile swim yesterday, I biked four miles and then walked a mile. And I'll explain why coming up in a second. Um, so I wasn't sure I was actually even going to get in the pool today, but I said, you know what? I'm going to try. My kids are both at camp for the first time ever. I have a day to myself, so this is the perfect day to get back in the pool. Even if you ache and only do, you know, four laps, it's something. So I got in the pool and uh, to my pleasant surprise, I did a quarter mile. Um, I didn't have much left gas in the tank. I definitely was time to stop, but I did it. So I was I was very proud of myself. Um, slowly and steadily, I am getting back up there. And uh, I'm really proud. You know, my hard work is paying off. You know, it's slow and steady. It's, you know, not going to be an overnight success. But I definitely am getting stronger. And I'm really happy to see that. And to come back to something that I was talking about earlier, uh, the reason I did a third of a mile swim yesterday and then biked four miles and then walked a mile um, was because I just wanted to see how my body would react. There is a triathlon here, a couple towns over, but two towns over from my house, and that is in June. And I'm toying with the idea of signing up for the triathlon. Now, before you get ideas of those crazy Iron Man things you see on TV in Hawaii. No, that's not what I'm doing here. Um, the, the triathlon, the local one that I'm looking at, is what's called a sprint triathlon. So it's a quarter mile swim. It's a nine mile bike ride and a 5k run. So I can already do the quarter mile swim. I can already do the 5k run. And yesterday I did almost half the biking. So this is physically, this is something that is totally within my reach, especially three months out, you know, I can definitely up my biking game in three months. And I can know I can get stronger and faster in the pool and probably on the track as well. So just I found I know I've talked about this in the past, um, you know, cross training stops injuries. And I'm, I am tend to be one of those people who are prone to injuries as as much as I love half marathons. I def, the past couple times I've tried to get in shape for one. I have ended up injured, but I work better in terms of working out when I have a goal. Like when there's a race, you know, you, you the race is on the horizon. You've paid the money. You got to get your butt moving, kind of thing. So I thought a sprint triathlon, especially a local one, and I I kind of know people who know people who've done it. If you know, take my meaning. Um, so I've been trying to get a little bit of you know background knowledge. What do you think? What's it really like? You know. Um, the course is local, so I can even go run the 5K course on a weekend or bike the nine-mile course by myself on the weekend. Um, I need a new bike seat because my bike's kind of falling apart. But, you know, I have a bike. You know, the only... So I, I, I have... I, except for a new bike seat, I have all the equipment I need. I would probably rent a wetsuit because ponds in June around here, unless we've had an especially warm spring in New England... <laughs> Ponds in June are cold. You know, ponds in August are awesome, and they're so great. But in June, it's going to be chilly. Um, also, I've heard from friends who've done triathlons that, you know, in terms of an open water, open water swim, a wetsuit just keeps you buoyant and keeps you from getting quite as cold quite as quickly, apparently. Now, this is secondhand knowledge. I have never actually worn a wetsuit, so I'm just relaying information here. 
But uh, so so yeah, so all I would need to do is is get a new seat for my bike and rent a wetsuit. Um, so it's a very small barrier to entry. I, I know how my body reacts nutrition wise in terms of, of um, you know uh, nutrition while exercising. I'll need two and a half hour um, exercise binge, for lack of a better word. You know, I've done a, I've done a full marathon. I've done couple, multiple half marathons, so I know what works well for my body type in terms of nutrition and um, rehydration. So really, it's just getting over the slight fear of an open water swim, uh, which I've never never done anything anywhere near that distance in open water before. Um, and I, you know, I, I used to bike a gazillion miles at a time as a kid. So that's in my wheelhouse. So anyway, if you've ever done a triathlon, I would love to hear about it. If you have any, you know, tips or tricks for a first timer, but, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to sign up. I've got a month until the price increase. It is a limited course or there's only 400 participants allowed. So I, I have to make sure I sign up, uh, before the cap, but I think in February, I don't, it doesn't usually sell out till I think more like April, March. So I've got, a, I've got a month until the first price increase. So I'm going to think about it and keep seeing what my body can do. But this would be a really good way to do, you know, forced cross training because and use my body in different ways and prevent overuse injuries. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. I need to do something. Got to keep my button gear. I'm going to end it here because I keep coughing and I'm going to be spending a bit of time editing this recording so that you don't have to hear that. But uh, barring anybody else getting sick, I will be back next week. I hope you all have had a healthier winter than our family has had. Keep those legs and those needles moving, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.